Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Way, way back in episode 16, it feels like another world away. I talked about emotional stability today. I'm going to revisit that subject. I may well be repeating some of the themes that are on that original episode. However, I'm going to be contextualizing it around the world we find ourselves in today. Emotional stability is going to be one of the greatest assets that you are going to create for yourself. Welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the motivation, the inspiration, but above all else, as always, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Please do subscribe so you never miss an episode. First things first, what do I mean by emotional stability? Well, it's your ability to remain emotionally under your own control to give you a degree of awareness over how you're feeling so that you can monitor and manage how you express yourself in the world around you, how you react to the world around you, how you interact with the world around you, with the people, with your customers, your clients, with your friends, your family, with the world at large. It's absolutely imperative that we keep our heads. There's a great line, Rudyard Kipling's Uh, if, and he goes on and says, if you can keep your head around you when all about you are losing theirs. And it goes on. And I love it, right? I love the whole poem personally, but I do love that line. If you can keep your head when all around you are losing theirs. And let's be honest, in the world we live in right now, there is a lot of people losing their heads. It's hard. It's been 15 months now. It's brutal. Since March the 23rd in the UK, it's brutal. It's been an absolute onslaught of a roller coaster ride these past 15 months. And, you know, we've been pulled from pillar to post, pushed, uh, toyed with, it feels like at times. You know, we started off three weeks of lockdown, got increased to six weeks of lockdown. My God, how long ago does that seem? Then we saw some semi permanent, seemingly almost permanent restrictions put in place. The markets have been up, they've been down. We've seen our own industries, you know, going from what's happening next to is my business model even valid anymore? Are my clients even out there anymore? We saw, by the way, I saw a report on this, we saw uh, five years worth of social change and economic change in about six months last year. So between March and October last year, we saw unprecedented changes to society, to the world around us. And of course, that meant a lot of catching up to do. And some businesses, a lot of businesses out there are still playing a little bit of catch up, you know, trying to work out, you know, how to sell in this new market, how they can deliver their products in new ways. And, you know, hopefully you are ironing out a lot of the creases on that by now. However, I do know even from my own business that there are still some creases that need to be ironed out into, you know, making the business uh, work in certain aspects around the restrictions that are in place and the changes that have happened externally to the business that have uh, inevitably changed, obviously, the dynamic within our business. And therefore, we are still trying to solve certain problems. For example, you know, we had our marketing campaigns working brilliantly. They were delivering brilliant people, um, leads. We had a really good mechanism for converting those leads. And I've said this, I've been really open with my members in success groups. You know, we've never quite hit the same conversion rates as we had 
just 15 months ago because we're having to do things differently. Our market has changed. Our clients have changed. Um, the psyche in the marketplace has changed. And therefore, we are still trying to solve those problems. It's an ongoing thing. Now, of course, over a five-year period, you'd expect to have to do this anyway, but you have five years to kind of adjust as you go along. This has been five years with a change in six months, and we're playing catch-up just like everybody else. So it's been, you know, a real emotional ride. If you remember back in, you know, the first lockdown, I don't know about you, but I remember thinking, my God, this is the end of it. This is the end of humanity. Like, it was just so unheard of that the whole of society would be locked down. I remember going and picking my kids up um, when we were in, like, full hard lockdown, and I hit the roads, and it was completely deserted. Like, I didn't see anyone you know, for the, what, 80-plus mile trip that I was doing. So 160-mile round trip, I might have seen two or three cars. It was incredible, like just like some weird dystopian world um, that somehow we've kind of got so acclimatized to and accustomed to, it kind of feels normal in a, in a weird way. It's like normal that we're waiting to be told if we can like meet people, hug people, go on holiday, if we can do the things that we just took for granted. All of that, by the way, is an onslaught to us. And, you know, the ramifications, by the way, to our, our mental health and the ramifications to our stress, um, we're only starting to see a glimpse, the tip of the iceberg of the problems that are waiting for us. I've talked about this on previous episodes. You know, I've seen people in the fields of mental health saying that uh, we're going we're gonna to lose a lot of people to mental health issues over the coming years, directly attributed to the last, you know, 12 months or so that we've gone through. The people who are, are getting mentally ill right now, you know, these aren't people that are going to kill themselves immediately. They're not going to go out and commit suicide immediately, although we are seeing signs that obviously suicide is on the rise. We can see and we know that mental health issues are on the rise. And of course, you know, the true ramifications of that won't be fully known until some years in the future. The same with things like, you know, cancer diagnosis is going missed and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, we don't know exactly yet. We can start to see the impact, but... You know, I've done many episodes on that, and this is not what this one's about. But I have said, I don't think anyone's really weighing up here the long-term implications of what the measures have been for the past, what, 15 months against the long-term ramifications. It's all very well saying, okay, well, if we do this, that, that and the other, we can prevent this known thing or this, you know, kind of maybe quantifiable thing right now in the present. But who's weighing up the long-term implications to you know, the economy, to small business, to mental health, to our children, you know, young, young children, you know, suffering with depression for being separated for long periods of time from their friends, for example. Um, you know, we know domestic abuse has is, is, is gone through the roof during that period. Alcohol abuse, drug addiction. We know these things are all on the rise through the you know, the previous 12 to 15 months. Now, you know, I'm going to get off my soapbox right now, um, but it is something that I've had a bit of a problem with right from the get-go that no one seems to be really putting all these numbers in the spreadsheet to come up with what I would consider to be what's the best solution when we look at the whole picture and not just one element of the picture, which is, you know, you've got a virus that's out of control. I appreciate it's one thing. We need to look at that for sure. But this kind of approach of at all cost, which seems to be kind of the vibe that I've got around the world, which is we must defeat it at all cost. You know, the cost to our mental health, to our cancer diagnosis, to other, you know, operations in the UK. Some people are, you know, years now behind on waiting lists and stuff like that. Anyway, you get the picture. The point is, it's all turmoil and it's all stressful and that stress creates emotional instability, right? We become irrational, we become um, agitated, we get anxiety, get depression. These things are not good things when it comes to our productivity, they're not good things when it comes to our success. 
And I've been talking about emotional stability for, I don't know, like 10 years plus in my business and the importance of grounding ourselves and to accept today's losses with the same kind of attitude that we might accept tomorrow's successes. It's like when we win, enjoy the win, celebrate, but it doesn't mean you've won the game. Like keep your head together, right? You know, keep a lid on it. Don't get hysterical about it. It's like, great, great. That's one win. Good. On to the next one. Enjoy it. Reward yourself for it, but don't get too caught up in the success any more than if you lose a client today or you fail at something today or something happens that's negative to you today, this week, this month, you know, equally don't get too caught up in that because otherwise it's like a tennis player running around a tennis court, chasing the ball, or another example I use, you know, it's like kids playing football in the playground. It's like everyone wants to be a striker. No one wants to be a defender or a midfielder. No one wants to be the bloody goalie, that's for sure. Everyone wants to be a striker. So the ball gets kicked up the pitch and every kid just runs up the length of the pitch and they're all trying to score goals. It's chaotic and it's not how you win football games. How do you win a football game? You need discipline. You need players to play certain positions. You need players to not get too caught up. You know, if you're two goals down, you don't want to be sitting there going, oh, it's all over, it's all over, I've got to go home now, oh, forget it, oh, the, oh, the humiliation of it, oh, I'm never going to play football again. That would not be constructive if that was 43 minutes into a game or if it was even, you know, literally 89 minutes into a game. It's still not constructive to have those thoughts through your head. You want to fight to the last possible moment. And we've seen many football games in World Cups, European Cups, and in all of our leagues, we've seen many football games where they've been won or lost in extra time, like the last minute, the last seconds of a game. We can go back to 1966. And of course, famously, you know, we think it's all over. And then we did, obviously, just seconds from the end of that game. So we know that it's all to play for right up until the last minute. We know that. But if we lose our heads, we run around after the ball like a bunch of kids in the playground, everyone trying to be a striker, you know that's how you lose football games. So the analogy I use, I'm sure I probably used this in episode 16 because it's one I've used for many, many years now, is around football. I don't know much about football, which will become evident as I start to express myself in this, in this analogy. But it's a great analogy in the sense that what you've got is you've got football players, you've got football fans, and then you've got football managers. And if you look at a football fan, a football fan is, is there for the roller coaster, right? They, they, they want the win, but they want the tension. They love the drama. They don't want to lose, but they like the, way, oh, oh, yay. Well, you know, and you can hear the crowd. It lifts up and it goes down. It goes, it's 90 minutes, right? We can, all, we can all handle that degree. You know, we can all handle three minutes on a roller coaster. You just want to live on a roller coaster. It's the same thing watching football. Those, those fans, they love the 90 minutes when it's up and down and up and down, the excitement, the tension, you know, the goal they save and then the goal they score and then the goal they let in. It's all part of the drama. It's all part of the excitement. But you wouldn't want to live like that. So the football fan can have this crazy chaotic experience watching the game. Oh my God, everything's going to be won. Oh my God, we're going to lose everything. It's okay because that's part of the roller coaster. That's part of the journey. It's part of the fun and the excitement of watching the game. The football players, however, can't bring the same energy to the game. It'd be crazy, wouldn't it? All the players despondent on the bench thinking, I don't know why I'm here because they've just let a goal in. is just as unnecessary and just as unproductive as all the players jumping around thinking they've won the entire cup because they just scored a goal 15 minutes into the game. They have to keep their heads. But equally, you can see the game does ebb and flow because whilst the players 
are trying to keep their emotions under control, to a degree, you can still see the ebb and flow of the game, right? The positivity, the negativity, you see the attack and the defense, you can see that they have a bit of a winning streak, a little bit of a losing streak, all within that 90 minutes. So we can see that whilst they're trying to maintain that emotional stability, we can see frustration creeping in and stuff like that. Now, the next example, I'm well aware there are many football managers that do not conform to this example I'm sharing with you right now. But I want to just be a bit of a cliche right now. And I want you to think about the football manager. The football manager may well enjoy the goal that scored and may feel like disappointed or frustrated at the goal they let in. But he understands that that goal they conceded or the goal that they scored is going to have no more impact on the overall season, right? Whether they lose a goal or get a goal, whether they lose a game or win a game, it doesn't really matter in the overall thing. They're going for every goal, they're going for every game, but they equally, they're playing a much longer game. They know that you've got to have the consistency, not just this half, but the second half, not just this game, but the next game, not just these two games, but the next 20, 30 games. You've got to have that consistency over long periods of time. And therefore, they don't get caught up in it. Now, again, I know this cliche can fall apart a little bit because there are plenty of really, you know, expressive, stressed, anxiety-driven, jumping up and down managers. I get it, right? But if we think about sometimes the archetypal football manager, they're quite often really, you know, they're pretty subdued. They're pretty balanced, sometimes even almost like, you know, like deadpan. You know, they lost nine goals to one. And you say, how do you do? Well, we could have done better. Obviously, it's disappointing. We need to check what we're doing and, you know, we're going to come back and we're going to continue to play, right? That's what they're saying to the camera. Behind the scenes, they, you know, they'll be a bit gutted about it, but fundamentally they know that that doesn't make any difference in the overall picture, not really. However, the football player might need, you know, a little bit of wound licking, especially if you're the goalkeeper let nine in, that goalkeeper's probably going to need a little bit of time in order to recuperate. Not too long because they're going to be back out there playing another game in a handful of days, certainly within a week. So of course they can't sit there forever. Oh, it's all over. I don't want to be. A, you know, I don't want to be in this game anymore. I don't want to be a, a goalkeeper anymore. Why do I ever do it? Anyway, so they're not going to want to do it, right? But they can't, right? But they might take a little bit, you know, a few drinks, whatever it might be, clear their head, come back, fight another day. The manager, a bit more deadpan. The fans. They can literally, like, you know, they win 9-1. Hey, we won, we won, we won. You know, you know, it's, it's ours. We're going to go all the way to the European Cup. We're going to win everything. That, they, they can feel that, right? Because it only lasts for, you know, a handful of beers after the game and then they get on with the rest of their life, okay? And if they lose 9-1, the fan's going to be, oh, my God, it's all over. I hate my team. I hate this. I don't know why I support this. Team. Oh, it's all over. We're never going to... They can have that experience because for most well-rounded fans, it doesn't last really long, Right? Again, for a few beers or so, and then they'll move on with their life. The football manager, even if they win nine goals to one, the football fans are going to go wild. The football players are probably going to have a bit of a booze up that night. I don't know if they drink these days, but they're certainly going to feel pretty good that night. The football manager, I'm sure he has a, a, a warmth inside him, but fundamentally you'll see him talk to the camera and they'll say, OK, so 9-1, how do you feel about that? You must be pleased. Yes, yes, we are pleased, but obviously there's a long road ahead of us and, you know, it's a great confidence boost to the boys but obviously we're now looking to the next game that's kind of the response they're going to be having now we need to be a little bit more like the football manager we need to definitely not be the football fan 
And, you know, if you want to bring a little bit of gameplay in there, you can be a little bit of football player in there as well. But you don't want to be the football fan. We definitely want to air more towards the football manager. In other words, you go and do a brilliant sales pitch. You win a massive client. You should feel good. You should celebrate. You should enjoy that moment, right? You'd have to be quite as deadpan maybe as the football manager that I've just shared with you. Maybe you could be a bit more like the football player, right? You know, you know there's a long season ahead of you. You know it doesn't mean like a great deal in the bigger picture. But you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this moment. Have a few glasses of champagne. I don't know, maybe even get wrecked. But you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this moment, enjoy that feeling. But I know, I'm not kidding myself, I know there's a long road ahead of us. You can enjoy that, right? Then you get back out there and it's all about the next game, right? And you move on. And again, if you lose, it's okay to come home and lick your wounds. But be a bit more like the football manager where, you know what? We win some, we lose some. Obviously, this is not about one game. It's not about one goal. It's not about this. It's about the whole season. And let's be honest, it's sometimes not even about the whole season. It might be about... The next two seasons, three seasons, sometimes clubs bring new managers on with a view that they're going to turn the team around in in like four seasons, for example. So they're not even thinking in terms of this game. They might not even be thinking totally this season. They might have an agenda, which is more about the next four seasons, which is, okay, right, this season we want to to get in the top half of the table. Next season I want to get us in the top, you know, handful of, 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 of clubs. And the season after that we're looking to go up into the next division. That might be a strategy they're playing, a three-year strategy. So clearly they can't get caught up like the fans and clearly they're not going to get caught up like the players. They're playing a much longer-term goal, a much longer-term game. And I want you to be thinking a little bit more like that as well. Lick your wounds when you take the hits. Go out there and celebrate when you have your victories. But fundamentally understand that neither the short-term victory or the short-term defeat are going to make any difference when we look at the long-term battle. When we look at the long-term outcome of you, your life and your business, it's not going to be about one goal, one game, and it's probably not even going to be about one season. It's going to be what did you bring over a five-year, 10-year, maybe even a 20-year period to your life to your business, that's what's going to determine the end result. And that's going to determine the life you create for yourself in the future, your legacy in the future. It's not going to be about one goal. It's not going to be about one game. And it's probably not even going to be about one season. Keep your head in the game. Keep your feet firmly on the ground. Keep yourself grounded. Enjoy the successes. Lick your wounds when you have your failures. But fundamentally understand that today's victory is going to have no more impact long-term than yesterday's losses did. Play a much, much longer game. Try and keep yourself emotionally stable. Don't get too caught up in the world around you. Um, Equally, when they start talking about unlocking certain things or giving you certain freedoms back, by all means, embrace those things. You know, you can be excited about that opportunity. But again, don't necessarily get so excited that if you don't get to go on holiday or if you don't get a full unlocking on June the 21st, which is looking increasingly doubtful, um, despite them saying, obviously, increasingly that it might be, should be, hopefully, it's a lot of doubt in there, right? And therefore, if we hold up too many hopes on what other people uh, are deciding on our behalf, if we make too many commitments based on that, then we can start to drop from a, a high altitude. So if we get really excited about a summer holiday and then it doesn't happen, it's going to feel twice as bad than if you were a little bit more emotionally stable about that. By all means, book your holiday. By all means, you can hope to have your holiday. By all means, definitely go on your holiday if you get an opportunity to do so. But I would just play a little bit more emotionally stable. The same with all areas of life. 
you wanna make sure that you're floating on top of the surface of the turbulent waters, that you're not caught up in the wash of it, that you're not being tossed and turned like someone in a washing machine where you're just getting spat around and spat out and up and down and you don't know which way's up or down emotionally. And it's been like that for a lot of people. That's why we're gonna see a lot more mental health issues uh, starting to uh, show themselves because we're gonna increasingly see the effects of what happens to psyches when you wring them out with long-term stress and when you push and pull them and you promise things and take things away from them you know it wasn't that long ago where we were promised christmas and christmas was taken away from us we were you know we went into a lockdown just after new year and you know i don't know about you it doesn't feel like we're out of it yet and you know we could be looking at what six months from then if we if we come out in june 21st it's best part of six months um Equally, we might not even come out fully, which means it's going to carry on. They're talking about tier systems and stuff. And therefore, if we get too caught up, you know, too caught up in the media, too caught up in the government, too caught up in, uh, you know, the hopes and the ambitions and the wishes and the fears and the threat, we end up all over the shop. We end up just like that tennis player chasing the ball in the court. We end up like the bunch of kids chasing the ball all around the football pitch. We want to play a little bit of a longer game here. It's like, if I go on holiday, great, I'm gonna go. If I can't, that's okay. It doesn't matter too much the big picture of things. If we can unlock, great. If we don't, that's okay. Does this make sense? You wanna win, you wanna win every game, but you know what? You're gonna have to lose some as well, and that's okay. I thought I'd finish this off by reading if to you. I've read this before, it's in the middle of lockdown last year. I read this out on this uh, podcast because I think it's a great poem. It's one that most people know. Maybe you haven't heard it for a little while. Maybe you've never heard it, in which case, welcome to, I think, one of the greatest poems ever written. I think it's truly inspirational. So I'm going to read through it. I'm not the greatest poet. I'm not the greatest reader. Um, so bear with me. But here we go. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give away to hating, and yet don't look too good, not talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think, not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and to hold on where there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings, not lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you. If all men count with you, but none too much. If you fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Now, of course, this is written about a father to his son, but it's a mother to her son, a mother to her daughter, a father to her daughter. This is a message to ourselves, and it's one that we need to be mindful of. And I think it's one we need to be mindful of when we're playing that long game. 
Have an awesome couple of days. I will see you next time. In the meantime, if you do want to go and check us out, biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. Go and check out what we're doing at Success Groups to help business owners create the success that they want, whether this is businesses that are launching straight out the gate, whether businesses doing 20, 30, 40, 50K that want to break that 100K mark in the next 12 months or even less, or whether your business is doing over 100K, maybe even heading up towards half a million you want to scale that business. We have groups of inspirational people doing that exact same thing. Go and check us out, biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. I will see you here next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 